Welcome to the Blackberries Podcast with Kezia Mustak and Kamali Lee. Hey! Two nature-loving sisters on a mission to share their passion for food sovereignty with humanity and the world. Channeling the West Indian Caribbean vibes and positive energy. Join these two dreadlock sisters as they share their insights and advice on gardening, farming, access to food, living in harmony with nature, and why feeding ourselves and feeding our families should matter to us all. Aren't you forgetting something, OC? All right, they'll also be sharing interviews from other environmental and sustainable farming enthusiasts, as well as other advocates of life, harmony, and positive vibrations from around the world. So come find them over on their social media platforms, and of course, on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey y'all, thanks for joining us. We're super excited because we started looking at land for our first Blackberries property. <laughs> We've got a great interview to share with you today. It's our second interview, so we're interviewing our second cousins. Just, Just kidding. kidding. <laughs> um, but no, seriously, Abby and Gia will always be a part of the Blackberries family. We are so thankful to them for bringing us into the farming community at this early stage in our journey. We started talking about poultry with Dale at Hamilton's Homestead in our last episode, and now we're going to dive all the way into pasture-raised chickens with our friends at Pasture to Table in Nebraska, the birthplace of Kool-Aid. Hashtag research. <laughs> we feel pretty convinced that chickens will be in the first stage of our sustainable farming venture. After talking with Abby and Gio, we feel ready to get started. We won't share every chicken detail with you. We're not going to give away all our secrets. Just the best bits, like the gizzard. Aw, ducks. <laughs> Kezi just had some duck eggs for the first, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. I totally had duck eggs. They're a lot, like, denser than I thought. And my kids were like, my kids were like, what are these new eggs? Because the yolk um, gets a lot, gets harder a lot faster than if you're trying to, if you're trying to make, like, over easy eggs. Um, so, yeah. I actually don't think I've tried that with a duck egg. I'll have to try it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's not like a chicken egg, just so you know, <laughs> it's, it's a little different. Um, cool. So nice to um, connect with you guys. We've been looking forward to this conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm definitely anxious to hear about how you guys got started, like how this, um, you know, idea came about and everything. Cause we're kind of in that process right now. <laughs> uh, it was a huge shot in the dark. Okay. I guess if we're going to the very beginning, I was actually at uh, school, like college, um, full-time. And I had like a full ride, the whole shebang. And I was actually going to school in New York. And halfway through, I was actually doing homework till like, what, two or three in the morning, something obnoxious. (laughs) And I was watching YouTube videos on how to do what math problem I was doing. And on the sidebar, it was just like a chicken video. I was like, oh, I don't really want to do homework. I'll click on the video. <laughs> well, long story short, I filled that entire semester 
Uh, I bought like half a dozen chicken books. And by the end of that semester, I had found on Craigslist a uh, ranch oh, in wow. Oklahoma, which I'd never been to, from Minnesota. Whoa. And I contacted them and I said, hey, can I come work for you for free? And they were like, sure. <laughs> they liked the free labor, but also it was the understanding that it was free labor in return for like teaching me everything because I didn't know a single thing. They kind of took you on as an apprentice at this farm. Yeah, he taught me a lot of stuff. I mean, I'm really grateful for it. It was an awful experience in the time <laughs> being, but it was fantastic looking back at it. Yeah. Eventually it came to the point where, all right, I learned enough. Again, I just <clears throat> Google searched the best pasture land in the United States. And I was like, Nebraska sounds pretty good. So I moved to Nebraska, <laughs> got a job as a construction worker, uh, building pole barns. And then within like a month, two months, three months, something like that, I met Abby. We started dating and we got married in like a year. Yeah. <laughs> and then basically our first season, our first chickens, me and her did it together. That's awesome. So Abby, did, were you kind of into farming or just like what happened there? <laughs> so I grew up in a small town in Western Nebraska. So definitely surrounded by agriculture and always, always loved farming and everything to do with it. My aunts and uncles farmed, so I was always out there helping. So I had um, plenty of experience beforehand and was really excited when I met somebody with chickens. <laughs> <laughs> I can understand that. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. <laughs> I got so many different sounds stuck. Peace out. Who's you back there? <laughs> Maybe tell us a little bit about your day today. So we're actually building a house right now also. So that's kind of what Gio is up to most of the time. Wednesdays are actually the day I do deliveries. So delivered all the eggs for the week today. Cool. Nice. And yeah. so we just sat down like this. We did, we got done with chores like 25 minutes ago. So <laughs> okay. Good timing. So pretty much. So in the morning we do the feeding, um, we move them to new pasture in the morning. So that's usually actually what takes so long. Mm -hmm. um, noon we get eggs. Um, well, feed, in the summer feed again. Yeah, and water. I mean, they always need lots of water. Um, and then evening chores is again feed and eggs. Yep. Morning chores by far take the most amount of time. The chickens are in a like really big trailer. That's where they sleep and that's where they lay their eggs. But everything else is like in the grass. And like they see that big trailer as their home. So basically every morning we literally hook that up to a truck and then like move it like, <laughs> yeah. you know, 15 to 100 feet. We move them as frequently as they eat the grass. Yeah. The nice thing about chickens is you're always doing the same thing, no matter how many chickens you have. Now, I mean, the basics, like what a chicken needs to flourish and provide good eggs, I would say we have like, I don't know, maybe like 85% down. We're still not experts. I mean, we've only been doing this for like, what, three years? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, but I will say within probably, within even the next two years, we'll have a down path. Yeah. So, so what are the deliveries like? Like, who do you take eggs to? And like, how many cartons or dozens of eggs is that? So it kind of depends. Um, we do restaurants and grocery stores mostly. 
Um, we actually delivered to a few local gyms as well. So, so right now at the moment we have 11 accounts. I would say half are grocery stores and then the other half are either restaurants or the gyms. By the end of next year, it should be pretty easy to pretty much double that. So we should be delivering to probably about 20 stores more or less. Wow. So when you say gyms, are these like workout exercise gyms? Yep. Like- yep. It's like, they- yeah, it's not a grocery store or anything. So they literally just have like a fridge and in the fridge, you know, it's like, like sport drinks and like protein shakes and stuff. And we just talked to them and said, Hey, and we put eggs in here and they're like, I don't know, it might be kind of weird. So we did it and it, they, they really liked it. So. We just kind of figured, you know, most people there are health conscious, so they did. It took off. Yeah. Wow, that's some cool. people even drink the yolks, like if you're training or something. So people don't drink the eggs by itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like um, like Gaston in um in um. <laughs> Come on, help me. Um, Beauty of the Beast. Beauty of the Beast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he had like a bunch of eggs. Okay, yo, he was really strong. show up there with a case of eggs and we basically just give it to them and we say here you go take these eggs give them to your chefs give them to your your dairy managers your man your owners whatever all the employees it doesn't matter take them bring them home and eat them mm. and they do and our eggs are different they contact us which is pretty often <laughs> the biggest thing that we send we send it like a, a google photo portfolio and that just showcases, hey, these are actually where your eggs come from. This is how we raise them. This is how we feed them. This is how we collect eggs. And it shows the chickens, not in the warehouse. It shows them outdoors, just, you know, eating grass and just like covering the entire field, just doing what they want to do instead of, you know, the alternative. And that pretty much, I mean, that People like it, pretty much sell, it pretty much sells itself. I mean, we really haven't had the struggle. Once we give someone free eggs and show them the, portfolio and tell them what we do it's it's pretty easy from there really oh yeah the the chickens what are they eating contrary to what people think is possible you have to feed chickens not feeding them anything only giving them grass it works mm-hmm. it's possible you can do it they'll it, live but it, it's, it's a you can do it um but the problem is they're gonna lay a lot less eggs you could feed them only grass basically they could only graze and they would they would live but they wouldn't lay any eggs. And they wouldn't lay any eggs from probably fall until middle of the spring. But as far as the feed goes, um, it's kind of just a blend of different, it's not It's not like only corn or anything like that. We try to, you know, have the correct percentages of protein and everything. So we kind of have a special blend for that. So you were saying like, you guys just got done with your chores, like before this call. Is it just y'all two working together or do you have like other people together correct. also yeah. correct just so far 99% of the time us two yeah wow every once in a while <clears throat> we'll just like 
hire a day labor just for tasks we really don't want to do <laughs> and we also get when our parents visit we'll get their free labor mm-hmm. nice. too. yeah it's not like oh yeah my mom grew up on a farm so that also kind of sparked my interest she you know she's good with it <laughs> yep you're in Nebraska I mean I just think of it as like there are a lot of farms you know so like yeah last year there were five people within a 90 yeah 90 minute drive radius of the type of farm that we do Mm. within the last 12 months three of those farms disappeared what happened for two of the three farms was they were a older generation Mm. and essentially somewhere along the line their kids that they you know had they soured them to the farm life and when the kids turned 18 which they all did last year apparently they didn't want anything to do with it whoa i'm curious about like where because you said abby like you grew up on like a lot of different farms how does that experience compare to the farm that you guys have right now um i'd say the biggest difference is that all the farms I grew up around are traditional row cropping, um, just livestock and pens kind of farms, whereas we're definitely more of a let's let everything, let's let na- nature take its course, let's let all the animals do what they would in nature kind of thing instead of the commercial kind of stuff, if that makes sense. Yeah. And um, when you have chickens and ducks, are there any other animals that you guys have there? So yeah, we, we have chickens, um, but once we get to our new place and get fencing in and everything, we'll move on to sheep and goats. Um, we did try pastured pigs. Pastured pigs are cool. I like pigs. Mm-hmm. I, I love pigs them. too. So they were vegetarian <laughs> to a certain extent, but they would, you know, they would eat stuff on the ground and like if there's a mouse, they're going to eat the mouse. That's how pigs work. Um, Just for a little background, this specific breed of pigs um, has been bred to be able to get to full weight on pasture. Yep. So they're, I don't know if you ever heard of, they're called American guinea hogs. Yeah. Super cool. Super cool pig. They're black. They have fur. They're hairy. Yeah, they're super Yeah, we we had one at the, there's a ranch I like to go to with my kids. Um, Really cool. They, I mean, they're 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 awesome pigs. I mean, I would raise them again. They would literally graze just like a sheep or a cow. Mm -hmm. We, We still have two. And we use them for tilling up stuff and, and disposal. Um, but the problem was, since you're since we were only grass feeding them, you wouldn't get very good bacon off of the pig. <laughs> the butchers did not like it. So, like, I guess you would, for us, if we wanted to have pigs, it'd be good to have maybe a couple just for the tilling and the disposal purposes. Yeah. They're still good workers. And I, yeah. And I will, maybe even three. Yeah. C'est une Ou jouen lion, ou jouen tigre, ou jouen chat, ou jouen rat, 
ou jouen même léopard qui It's what happens on a farm when you have 2,000 chickens, chickens die. Yeah. From hawks from falling over randomly because they felt like dying or whatever. <laughs> um, at night, when they're in the trailer, that's like an enclosed space, like no animals could get in there or anything. Hypothetically. Right. Yeah. Hypothetically. They're not supposed to get in there. So but again, they do. Things are not supposed to be able to get in. We have had an owl get in. <laughs> owls, owls are very smart. Yeah. Owls, and they will find the holes, mm -hmm. like the the <clears throat> the weaknesses in the trailer, and they will get into them. Yeah. Well, so what's their goal? Because are they do they prey on other birds? Yeah. <laughs> oh wow. yeah. yeah. We we have, <laughs> we have a hawk we, problem we, also. <laughs> we we had a before last year we hadn't had really any major predator problem. And that's because of dogs. Keep, we have two Great Pyrenees, oh, and they do an excellent job. Great Pyrenees. <laughs> yeah, they're amazing. Yeah, Definitely. They are fantastic, yeah. and uh -huh. they pay for themselves over and over again. Mm. Um, and they keep away pretty much everything on the ground, which is a big deal. When I, we were doing chores last year, like every morning, we would go into the chicken tractors or the wagon or whatever, and there'd be a dead bird. But anyways, we tightened everything up. We yeah. fixed we fixed the owl problem. But then after the owl, luckily for us, we started getting a hawk. Mm. One one hawk was doing us dirty pretty good. <laughs> no. He would uh he would come by maybe like every three days. Yeah. And he would just swoop down and in the middle of the field, in the middle of the day, he would just wow. take a bird down and go to town. Well, how do you protect from the hawk, though? Like, I guess it's not uh, that much damage, like one bird every few days, but still, they're just out there. Um, but still, correct, yeah. but still. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's a tough one, because during the day, and they are all out in the pasture, you know, we're not going to lock them up or anything. Yeah, so, <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, to be I don't know what your audience is, but I'm just going to tell the truth, because the truth is what is the truth. So, <laughs> yeah, we, I tried everything. I mean, I tried I tried. I mean, the bird, the the hawks fly high enough in the air, and they're smart enough to do that. Where you know, when I would do chores, I'd bring a shotgun with me, and the shotgun didn't do anything. Which you know, we obviously try to avoid as much as we can. We try to let nature take its course, but with the hawks, it's just so hard. You can't you can't prevent it just because they are out in the open. Mm -hmm. um, moving them around is really helpful with predators because mm -hmm. it confuses them. But yeah, livestock guardian dogs are definitely recommended. <laughs> We are not organic. We are not non-GMO. We're not any of those things because in my personal opinion, it's all marketing and it's all shit. People actually following those guidelines, wishy-washy. It's it, yeah. in, in practice, it's, it's, not, it's not real. It's not possible. So, wow. I mean, technically our chickens are eating grass and that grass is organic, yes, but in order mm -hmm. to get certified for that, we would have to pay a lot more and then we would have to yeah. charge customers a lot more for the organic yeah. eggs that 
we just say no they're they're pasture-raised they eat grass and that's that's that <laughs> yeah we sell our eggs for four dollars a dozen Oh, that's good. And if we were four dollars a dozen wholesale, so like that's how much we sell to the grocery store. Mm-hmm. Uh, we would have to sell our eggs wholesale for eight dollars a dozen. Wow. Which is to make <laughs> to make the yeah. same amount of money. Mm-hmm. That's sorry, so you know. interesting to hear from you guys. I mean, because you're on the front lines, and we I've seen those, you know those yep. cartons, and I'm like, I often think like, what eggs should I be buying? You know? And we've done intense studies on all of these things and actually got the, the hard numbers to prove that, hey, pastured poultry is actually a lot better. Right, because I mean, these organic birds could have still been raised, say, in their own poop, you know? Yeah. And cage-free does not yep. always necessarily mean cage-free. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that before. So like... It was kind of a fad, like, oh no, we don't want our birds in cages. So what they did was take the birds, out of these big warehouses, take them out of their cages, and they pile them on the ground. You know, like butt to nut, essentially. Just oh there's fighting and there's no room to move. So what they do to combat this is they will just cut their beaks off. Mm. And so that's what happens. Now there's beakless birds, oh. literally beakless birds, sitting in this big warehouse, and now they're cage free. Yeah, they're cage free. <laughs> That labels on the carton, right? Unhappy birds, yeah. It's, it's, it's the same carton, but <laughs> yeah, they're just free. Wow. To make them free range, you need a two foot by two foot door in the entire warehouse, so like a doggy door, and they need like 200 square foot of mm. open space. To be doesn't, considered. It doesn't have to be grass. Yeah. It doesn't have to be anything. Just mm-hmm. open space. And then now they are cage free and free range. To make those birds organic, you just change their feed out from the exact same row crops to a different row cropper, and he just uses different chemicals and different pesticides, which qualify as organic. Now they are organic, (laughs) free-range, cage-free birds with fancy cardboard labels and sold as 850 a dozen. Okay, I'm smarter now. I'm not buying those eggs. (laughs) (laughs) We have uh, 33 acres that right now, like in the place we rent, we are moving, like we rent this land, but we actually bought a piece of land like three miles away. So oh, that's where we're, we're moving, we're building the house there, the whole shebang. Wow. And um, how many acres is the place you guys are moving to? My parents, so they actually bought 20 acres and then uh, 20 acres immediately next to them went for sale. Nice. And so I was like, well, we can't really lose this opportunity. So yeah. we jumped off. So essentially we bought 20 acres, but we're we're getting 40 for the price of 20. Yeah. That's perfect. Yeah. Yeah, correct. Yeah. It is perfect. So all the chickens are gonna move with you guys. Yes. Yep. Everything. That'll be interesting. 
there are so many things that you're doing to make your lifestyle sustainable. How do you plan to carry this through when you guys move to your own property? Yeah. I mean, the startup is going to be a little bit different since we will have to like wait for these trees to grow and start producing fruit and all that. But I do plan even this summer to have a very small garden. We're kind of just going to add in different things each year. Um, we're not a fan of like tilling the ground. So we're going to try to avoid that as much as possible to keep the topsoil. Um, but kind of just we'll sprinkle in like alfalfa maybe this year. And, nice. and we're just yeah. going to plant all kinds of fruit trees, all kinds of oak trees and et cetera, et cetera. So then we can have our birds out in the field and our goats and sheep and whatever. And they can have grazing ground on the ground in the middle and then up above also. But they also have protection from, you know, Weather. This sounds like such a cool vision. I mean, you guys are already doing a lot, but just like keep us updated for how it progresses. We'd sure. love to come out there and like visit the farm. Oh, yeah, yeah that'd be so cool. Oh, that's awesome. It's always available. Thank you so much for listening to the Blackberries podcast. If you would like to learn more, you can visit their Instagram page at WeBlackberries or you can visit their website at blackberries.org. Tune in next time for more positive vibrations on the Blackberries podcast.